Welcome to the Gastroenteritis Blues. My name is Steve Lipman. I'm with Emily Anderson and Dan Volpone. Um, first question is for Emily. Emily, how do you take your coffee? I know Dan does um, great coffee. I like it. I cream um, and preferably like a really artificially sweetened flavored cream. Like we at our house have coffee made sugar cream vanilla and uh -huh. it's delicious um but i will do regular cream but i'm a cream over sugar kind of person so you don't put in regular sugar you'll have the no. creamer and not regular sugar got it yeah and if i'm at like a <laughs> diner i'll just do regular creamer with no sugar but i like a flavored creamer got it and dan you're basically no caffeine you live above the influence is that right well i i like a good i, I don't have them so much anymore i used to drink like a lot of arnold palmer which mm. has caffeine in it. Like I would go, I could go through a gallon in like two days. Like wow. I would just like, I would just- It's a good drink. Go through it. But then I was like, you know what? It's probably not healthy to be drinking that much Arnold Palmer. So, I, <laughs> but I also, I can't just have like a little bit. Like I can't have like, oh, I'll have a glass of Arnold Palmer. Like if I drink it, I'm gonna drink the whole gallon. Mm. So I just, I just kind of cut myself off from it. So I guess I don't really have caffeine. Is there caffeine in twisted teas? Ooh. I don't- think i don't know i never really thought about that one uh i don't think so i don't know hmm. maybe we i do drink a lot of twisted tea you know we should have an intern that when we have a problem like this we're big stars we can't be looking it up so we tell this person unpaid of course we'll give them a free mm. subscription to liberty ballers uh but then they can <laughs> look up these sort of queries that we have so we don't get you know, out of our artistic realm. Would you use the owner of Palmer as a mixer? Uh, yeah, I would use it occasionally. I think it, you know, it mixes well with like certain flavored, like a, maybe like a lemon flavored Bacardi. Um, mm. But a, a lot of times I would just drink <laughs> like uh -huh. all of it. Like all right. of it. Like, I don't usually mix it. And like, you have to keep in mind that I would just buy the cheapest thing I could find for alcohol because mm -hmm. I was 19 when I was drinking all this Arnold Palmer. Um, <laughs> But yes, um, twisted tea does have caffeine because the tea leaves in it contain caffeine. So okay. there it is. There so you are go. getting some, cause I know you have one of those every morning. So that's good. <laughs> that's not true. All right, we're back. Uh, the Sixers had a two in one week or since we last spoke, we spoke uh, on whatever Thursday on locker room before the <laughs> we did like a, a preview for the Cavs game that came out a half hour before the Cavs game so you got to get it while it's hot you know it was longer was like, than half an hour <laughs> it was longer than half an hour but hopefully you got to it um they beat the Cavs pretty well then and B came back to play Minnesota uh over the weekend and then in the back-to-back -back, they lost last night to Memphis without Joel they got their asses kicked. They looked pretty bad. And actually, good place to start. Emily was there to see it. Emily, I have had the feeling of going to a game and then you get the notification that Joel is out. And it is like, it's just a real bummer. Um, you, I believe, it wasn't completely out of left field because he just came back and it was a back-to-back. -back. Tell me, Take me through your emotions and then how was the game? How was it being there? 
So I, I played myself. Um, we talked about it last week, how I use Keith's inside information to purchase these tickets during the episode before it was released. Right. Um, I kind of, at the time, I hadn't thought about the back-to-back option. And then when I did, I was like, oh, this isn't going to end well. But then I thought maybe they'll just have him play Sunday because Memphis is better than the Timberwolves and he would be useful in this game. But they did not do that. So once he was announced on Saturday, I was like, oh, we're screwed for for Sunday. But I was like, well, it'll be fun. We had good seats. Hopefully we'll get some like good Dwight time. He like really engages the crowd. He's kind of like a cheerleader. It's quite fun. Yeah. Um, so it was a fun game. I really, once it really got out of hand, I was enjoying the, the G League team that was out. I was enjoying the Mason Jones minutes and the Iggy Brodzikis minutes. I was hoping he would score so that everyone would score a point. I thought that would be fun. <laughs> um, I was dismayed and appalled when Memphis put their starting lineup back in against these these kids. I thought it was hilarious, and I've lost a lot of respect for Memphis, and I have gained a lot for Doc for leaving them in and being like, nope, this is your game now. <laughs> you take the wheel. because right. And they held their own, and I was proud of them. So – Oh no, it was, it was, I mean, it's more fun to see a win. I don't have a good record. I've been to three games that they won one, have lost two. Hopefully we'll see Joel soon. Joel was on the bench. He looked great. Uh, he jumped up a couple of times in like exasperation at bad foul calls. I saw him, you know, talking to Matisse on the bench. He, and, and George Hill was there too. And he had a really shiny watch on. Was George Hill interacting with his new teammates much? He was, but he was talking to, like, so he was sitting on the end of the first row of the bench, like the very last seat of the first row of the bench where Joel sits, like, directly next to the coaches. He's like, this, I am the person. But so George was talking a lot to, like, the kids, like the, the Paul Reeds and the Mason Joneses that are, like, at the end of the second row of the bench, which I think is kind of nice. Yeah, it's and nice. to these young kids being like, oh, maybe like, oh, like this is what they're doing here. Like kind of, I like to think he was like teaching them. I don't really know, but that's what I like to think. I do love the the new crop of like blowout sixers that come in, which are just like all these young guys who are having fun and, you know, we can dream about what they'll become. Yeah. I was watching um, them and I was like, there's no way these these five people have never played basketball together before. <laughs> no, this, no. I'm watching the first time these five people have played basketball together. So, um, so the big news is Joel came back. He played against Carl uh, Anthony Towns and the Timberwolves. Uh, he looked great. He looked really good to me. I mean, considering a three-week absence and um, he got to the line, I think, 17 times. Um, he was, you know, he had some great blocks in there that, that showed that he was pretty up to speed. I think that, you know, he'll get his win back and he, he just hadn't, hadn't played in a while, but uh, they, you know, the game against the Wolves, they won, uh, I think more easily than the score indicated. I think it was pretty much their game to win. Dan, what did you take away from Joel's return? Yeah. I mean, I didn't think there was anything crazy to take away. Um, he only shot six of 14 from the field, but he looked fine. 
Um, I'm sure, you know, maybe it takes a game or two for him to get like fully comfortable the way he was, but he doesn't, it doesn't look like he's um, going to, you know, not be able to live up to what he was doing earlier in the year. Um, he came back, he looked comfortable. I thought that, you know, early on the ball didn't get to him as much. And that kind of changed uh, later in the first half to the point where he had, I think he entered the first half with 15 points, even though I felt like in his first six minute run, he didn't get a ton of touches. Um, but yeah, he, he looked fine to me. He, yeah, he, like you said, he was, he took 17 foul shots. He actually didn't shoot him well for him. He was 12 to 17, but um, he was a, he's already a game high plus 20 in his first game back. So yeah. Um, I mean, it looks like they missed him. I mean, they obviously missed him. They they went seven and three without him, but you just Joel Embiid. How could you not miss him? And you know, I've been so sad not being able to watch him play basketball a couple nights a week. So um, I'm really happy he's back. Just from just as a fan who who loves to watch him. Yeah, I was sort of surprised that they sat him just because it seems like they would bring him back and then just sort of <clears throat> let him play the next night. But it seems like. Doc thought this was going to be the plan all along that they weren't going to play him in a back-to-back that quickly after being out. Some fans were like, why didn't you just bring him back in the Emily game rather than Saturday night? Um, I guess that they wanted a little bit more of a buffer between that game and Boston. Who knows? Um, Emily, what did you think about Joel uh, being back on the court and how did you think he looked? I thought he looked great. I, I mean, him getting to the line that many times is just, it's part of what makes him great. I know it seems like a little thing, but like we shot probably shot so many less free throws without him in the lineup. And just to see him get to the line that many times, even though he didn't shoot them well was I'm like, this is like 17 free points on a normal night. Like this is delightful. Um, I know he was really hard on himself. He was like, good win. I played bad, but First, first game back, I, I thought he looked good. He didn't look like he was like babying himself. He was, his intensity was up, you know, um, him and Towns are always fun together. And I was just happy to see him. I know that, I don't know if you have them, but he had those quotes about like when he got hurt and he was just like, he thought it was worse than it was. And he was right. like, why? Like he was crying. And I, I thought that, I think I might have said it on here when he like looked like he was crying on the court. I was like, I think he thinks it's over. Like, and then when he stood up, he felt better. Like he was like, I, I thought it was over. And I was like, why me? Like, why does it always happen to me when things are going well with the team? And I was like, that's heartbreaking. It's yeah. so heartbreaking because we love him so much. So it was just so happy to see him back. And I'm I hope he like demolishes Boston on Tuesday. That'd be so fun. Yeah, I mean, he's played great yes. against Boston in the in the other two games this year, so I would love to see him fully up to speed. You mentioned Towns. Uh, we should talk about, you know, obviously the last time those two guys played each other, they had a full-on fist fight on the court, and then Simmons came over and choked Towns. Um, it was wild. Now, Carl Anthony Towns had, like, a, a horrific year where he lost – uh, his mother and other family members to COVID um, within a very close span. So personally, I wasn't hoping for like another fight. I, I thought I'd like to sort of leave that where it was. And they had a few hard fouls on each other. I think that it's very clear that they're not each other's biggest fan and they, you know, go back and forth. Um, Al Horford, meanwhile, who has been banned from playing games with Oklahoma City because He's old and uh, they don't really know what to do now with that contract. He liked two tweets 
about Towns dunking on Joel, which was a very impressive dunk, good dunk by him. Um, what do we think this indicates about Al's time in Philadelphia? Do you think it didn't go well in retrospect? Because at the time, we were all into it. Emily, what do you think? I mean, I think that we can kind of, we know considering how they're playing now versus last year that it didn't go well in <laughs> retrospect. Um, I guess maybe Al enjoyed his time here less than we knew. Yeah. Um, but that's okay. We didn't enjoy him here that much either. So. Yeah, everybody has been pointing at, pointing at that clip where uh, Townsend and Beat start fighting and like, Richardson and Tobias sprint down the court and Al is just sort of like meandering back toward half court and not getting in there. I, I personally think Al Horford should fuck off. Dan, what do you think? Yeah, I think Al Horford's super lame. Like there's nothing wrong, like in a vacuum with liking those tweets. Like it was a great dunk, you know, it was a great dunk. Um, if, jo- if Joel had done the same dunk on Towns, we would be talking about it right now in a much different way. And if it were any other player, maybe not any other player, for most other players, I would be like, yeah, it makes sense that they would like that tweet. That was a really good dunk. But it's like, you just dunked on a teammate that you had last year that, you know, and at this point you're on like one of the shittiest teams in the league and they don't even want to play you. And you're in this situation, not because you signed a big contract, but because you couldn't change your game at all to play with the MVP. Like, yeah, he like I can't blame him for taking the contract, but that also wasn't the issue. The issue wasn't that he was, you know, making all this money, like necessarily. I mean, it was a bad contract for the Sixers, but there was hope that he would, you know, be more successful at the four, not stand at the elbow all the time, but actually get out to the three point line and space the floor and hit threes and be somewhat, you know, more effective as as a backup center. I mean, the Sixers still struggled in non Embiid minutes last year, so. Um, like to know that you're in that situation and then he's still liking those tweets. It almost feels like he's like spiteful towards the Sixers that he's now in the situation on the thunder, which I really think it's, it's on him. Like, it's not, it's not the contract spot. Like someone would still play him on that contract. If he showed any ability to still be able to, you know, be the player he was in Boston. And if it was just the wrong role on the Sixers, but that's not the case. You know, the thing about him is that he's not a guy who's going to like get in fights in the locker room or there are reports that Horford's mad at Embiid or, but here's what he'll do is, is like a year later, he'll like a tweet of like his ex-teammate getting dunked on by his buddy in the league. And I, I think it's lame and I hated the experience of having him on the team on and off the court. I thought it was the pits from day one. Can I make a Paul Anthony Towns point? Definitely. It's not about basketball. It's about his name. Hmm. I it's a big pet peeve of mine. The man's name is Carl Anthony. That is his first name, and his last name is Towns. And it drives me crazy when announcers or other people either say Anthony Towns for the bucket. Like that's not his name. Wait, oh, so Anthony isn't the middle name? Like it's no, Carl, Carl Anthony, Anthony Towns. And even like I just Googled it and you'll see so many news reports that say Carl Anthony dash Towns. Like it's a hyphenated last name. It is not mm. like his last name is Towns. So it's Carl Anthony. That's where the hyphen is. Yeah. 
Yeah. Like his, the back of his jersey says Towns, not right. Anthony Towns. I don't understand why it's hard for people to do that and why they say it's like Anthony Towns. Like that's like, saying, <laughs> that's like calling me Elizabeth Anderson. No one does that. <laughs> we should do that. We should. <laughs> I'm going to start thing. hyphenating it. But yeah. it's just, it's, it's weird to me. And then it's weird to me to see it like, and like I Googled it and there's like a, whatever the Sports Illustrated like fans arm is like in their headline, it says Carl Anthony Dash Towns. And I'm like, who, did someone edit this? Wow. Wow. That's my stupid rant for the day. You're welcome. That's great. Unmasked. <laughs> what do you guys think about Towns as a player? Like I, he's very good. He's great. Offensively, he's great. Um, his teams are never good and they're usually horrible. Um, do you think it's more of the AD thing where it's like you put, you know, he shouldn't be the best player on your team. Uh, but if you put him next to a great star, he'll be great. I mean, eventually I feel like he's going to have, a, a, you know, a huge series and, and, you know, he's really good. Yeah. I mean, I don't think it's that like, if you're talking about like winning a championship then yeah, I wouldn't want him to be the best player on my team, but there's also only like five players that I would think could be mm. the best player on a championship team on any given year. So I don't think that's like a huge knock on him. Um, just like, I don't think that would have been a knock on Anthony Davis really. Um, but yeah, I mean, I guess he's not one of those players. Um, at least he's definitely not right now. I mean, he's still, I think, what is he 24 or something? He's still really young. Um, but um 25 yeah, 25 thank you so he's still he's still real young uh, he's two years younger than joel which is weird because um he started playing before joel um but yeah i think he's a really 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 good player uh, and i think his teams have always just sucked terribly uh they're gonna be even worse when d'angelo russell comes back because he's terrible he's, he's gonna take shots away from town yeah. Yeah. so i i i think that a lot of his, his team struggles are not fully on him i mean and he's you know he's in the past been like a pretty bad defender and he's like less awful of a defender. Now he's kind mm-hmm. of fine. Um, but he's so good offensively. He's such a good shooter. Um, yeah. It's like he's, he shoots the three like well for anyone, not just well for a big man. Um, I think that if he were surrounded by like a, a decent group of players that that team could make the playoffs and do well. But um that has, I mean, I guess, you know, they did make the playoffs one year when Jimmy was there. Right. They were the eighth seed. Um, and then everything went to shit with that, like, immediately. Uh, but, yeah, I think that I think that he can, you know, be on, I don't think there's anything wrong with him that he couldn't be on a good team. It's just that he hasn't been on a good team. Yeah. Emily, are you about there with, with your evaluation of him? Yeah, he's a good player. Like, I... Yeah, he just needs to be on a better team. Maybe the the Wolves will get better because they suck and they'll draft some young guys. But I think he you don't want him to be like your best player. You're not going to win a title that way. And the Sixers need a stretch five off the bench. I've been hearing. So, I mean, keep an eye on Towns in the buyout market. Would love it. I would. I would take <laughs> Towns on the Sixers. <laughs> then we should. Right, get, since he's buddies with Horford, we can get Horford in here. That's right. Um, also, I feel like you have to say you're kidding these days or else someone's going to be like, Towns isn't going to get bought out. So I'm kidding. <laughs> I wouldn't good. take him, though. I'm not kidding about That's that. That's not a joke. No. <laughs> um, I, I need to mention Sixers got blown out last night. They weren't good. They just didn't have it. And without Joel, Ben Simmons had another bad game. And we'll talk about him later. Um, uh, 
after the game, I need to I need to do this because I gave Donovan Mitchell a lot of shit after the uh, Sixers beat the Jazz, and Donovan Mitchell said, "In my opinion, we won that game." when they lost that game is the problem. So after the game, Dwight Howard is talking to the press and Dwight Howard says, so stupid. We didn't lose this game. We ran out of time. Okay. How much time is there supposed to be during the basketball? He was a minus 15. What are we doing? Dwight, Dwight, I love Dwight. I'm a huge fan, but we can't do that. That's a Donovan Mitchell thing. We can't say after you lose by 16, we didn't lose that game. How long would the game have needed to be for the Sixers to win that game? That's what I want to know. And it's not like the it's not like the UCLA Gonzaga game where like, oh, Gonzaga hit a buzzer beater, but yeah, like right. everyone was scoring. And if and if UCLA had another possession, they would have come back down and they felt like they could have scored. <laughs> You didn't lose by one possession where you, you just needed another shot. You lost by 16, and that is way closer than it actually was because the bench carried, and not he came off the bench, but like the, the real deep bench carried right. all the rotation players back into the game with three minutes left. Yeah, there, I mean, there was like 20 minutes of garbage time. I don't understand how we ran out of time. <laughs> like, I, listen, whatever, whatever helps you get to sleep, but I, I don't know. Don't agree. Um, None of the Grizzlies starters even played 30 minutes. That's how much garbage time there was. Yeah. Um, uh, Tobias has been really good. He was very good against Minnesota and uh, was, was sort of scoring down the stretch. Um, a lot of people ask, especially heading into the year about this team, like who's going to get a bucket at the end of the game from the perimeter? And, you know, we haven't seen any real signs of it being Simmons for, for any, you know, sustained stretch. Seth Curry and Danny Green sort of need other things to happen to generate offense for themselves. And so far, Tobias has been that guy. Uh, Embiid has obviously been incredible, but Tobias has done so well this year. Uh, we've talked about it that he hasn't, like, added brand new things to his game, but he's just way more efficient from every possible place on the court. I said during the offseason, uh, like, if there was an amnesty clause, the Sixers, it would be a no-brainer to use it on Tobias. That's so wrong. It's that was like, <clears throat> it's funny how it's changed. I mean, I'm sure that was wrong at the time too, but now it feels like he's an actual asset to this team. And like, I wouldn't just salary dump him in any way. Like he's super important to them. Um, <clears throat> Emily, how have your feelings on Tobias evolved since last season and into now? And, and what are your current opinions on him and, and as it relates to his contract? Um, yeah, I mean, I was of the mind that, like, we're not getting off this contract. The contract is a done deal. It's kind of like a sunk cost. Let's not keep talking about it. Um, but now I kind of feel like, I mean, it's still a lot of money, but, like, I'm happy to pay it to him because without him, we would not be where we are right now. Like, I think he's the second best player on the team right now. He should have been an all-star, especially with the way Ben is playing. Like I would have been happy for it to go to him over Ben. Um, and just like, he's also like very durable, like not to do the stupid best ability is availability, but like he plays in every game and yeah. puts up 20 plus points in almost every game. And he is, the guy that we go to at the end of the game most of the time like he's just a solid solid 
what piece of our team that I think is very important at this point. Yeah. Dan, uh, what, what would you say? Are you in the same way? Well, he's definitely been, you know, <clears throat> extremely important to the team. I mean, the, the right now they're the one seed and without, if you just take him off this team, they're probably, you know, I guess the East really sucks, but you know, they're nowhere near as impressive and they're 10 games behind the Nets. I think he's been that important to the team. Um, he's carried them through a lot of games, especially without Joel. Um, and yeah, he's, would, would I, would I give out that contract again? No, I, st I still wouldn't because I, I think that, you know, right now he's at his best. Um, and we're just now talking about, you know, but he is playing up to it this year. You know what I mean? Like, it's not like if it were this year only thing, I would say that he has absolutely, you know, played up to, to what he's being paid to do because he's, you know, on a near max contract and he's a top 30 player this year, I think is not controversial to say. So yeah, without, without a doubt, I think that, you know, he's, he's living up to it this year. And that's a huge reason this, the Sixers are successful. Emily said he's been their second best player this year. I a hundred percent agree with that. Um, and a lot of Joel's missed a lot of games. So in a lot of games, he's been their best player and they're still damn good and have a really good record. So that says a ton about Tobias and how well he's played. And yeah, they haven't played a ton of games where, you know, teams have all their players, but the Sixers have played a lot of games without all their players. And, and Tobias has, you know, impressed me a ton this year. He's been so much better than he was last year. Um, just, it's, it's crazy. I mean, like, he struggled all kind of regular season, but the playoffs were like low, Like he hit like, I think two threes in those four games and Al, I think hit one. And it was like Fultz and Michael Carter Williams combined for more threes in the magic uh, buck series than Horford. I think Horford and um, Tobias did in the Sixers Celtic series. Um, yeah. It was like, it was bad. Um, he's still not hitting a ton of threes, but he's just making all of his shots at a higher percentage than he did last year. He's still going to mid range, which used to drive me crazy, but it's a good shot for him now. And so mm -hmm. I, I can't get mad about it. I think that he went from a player who I couldn't stand watching to a player who I really enjoy watching. And I'm, yeah, I, I don't think it's like a great contract, but I don't think it's, I mean, obviously it's, it's basically a movable still because no one wants to, you know, trade for that on that deal but you, there's no reason to try to move it so who cares like he's playing well enough that you know if it were last year I ever you know people would be like oh I don't want to worry about the contract because it's you know we can't do anything about it and he's here to stay and I wasn't really in that boat because I was like every time he sucks that's all I can think about but when mm -hmm. he plays well every night yeah I can put it behind me because he's playing so <laughs> well so it'd be perfect yeah he looks great yeah I mean it's super hard to play up to being worth a contract that size. Like you need to be like a perennial all-star. Uh, and even like somebody like Simmons, who is basically an all-star every year, there's questions about him because he's not been playing well. And so it's just really hard to do that. And Tobias is a guy who has never been on an all-star team. Um, <clears throat> yeah, the one thing you mentioned about the playoffs is definitely real. Like that's the one caveat is that he has to be able to do this in the playoffs. Um, I, at this point, I'm confident that he will because he's shown it with such a large sample size this year. But, uh, yeah, I hope that he can keep it up in the playoffs because they will absolutely need him to, you know, continue to get those shots. Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. 
As a parent, you want your child to have every opportunity. But giving them the tools they need to tackle every challenge, that takes a team. Now more than ever, educational support tailored exactly to what your child needs can make all the difference. That's why parents have trusted Sylvan Learning for 45 years as the ultimate teammate in their child's educational journey, instilling in them a love for learning and a passion for reaching the next level. And Sylvan's Insight Assessment can identify gaps in learning and areas that could be of concern for your child. It's a 360-degree view into your child's learning that you can't find anywhere else and helps ensure that your child didn't miss something in school that might put them at a disadvantage in the future. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. It's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Um, moving on, I figure we can talk about Paul Reed, uh, B-Ball Paul. There was a clip that, I don't know, was it like an underground clip? Because it wasn't a Sixers clip, but it, it got out into the internet that they were uh, on the road at practice and, and Doc had a, a song playing, like sort of a soul song playing uh, on the loudspeaker. And he said, if Paul Reed can tell me who sings this song, we don't have to practice. And he made everybody else turn around so that they wouldn't tell him a hint as who it was. Uh, Paul didn't know. And he said, Marvin Gray. Um, Emily, what do you take away from this clip? I guess we can also throw in there into the a larger Paul discussion here. Doc Rivers was asked after the game. He keeps starting Mike Scott at center. It's great. Going great. Um, you know, have you thought about giving Paul Reed some minutes there at the backup five? Uh, and Doc said, no, I haven't. I like Paul, but I don't think he's ready. Doc, from one coach to another, I disagree. I think he's ready. I'd love to see him in there, Dan. I just wanted to give credit. I went back in our group chat and I found the who tweeted oh. out this clip. So this is from at Forever Sasha on Twitter. Yes. Thank you, Forever Sasha. Um, I, I think that, you know, the the five on the Sixers probably has a lot of responsibility in terms of like covering the rim and defending pick and roll. I, I think that doc doesn't want to overload him with that. And minutes at the four Sixers don't have a bunch to give him, but I don't know. I'd love to just give Paul Reed a, a shot because Scott isn't good at anything. Um, and Paul Reed is like pure energy and chaos on the floor. And I would love to see what he could do. Emily, give me some thoughts. What do you think? Um, well, I think it's, ridiculously endearing that he said Marvin Gray. He's a <laughs> child and I love him so much. Um, and in terms of like playing basketball, I would like to see him in there. He got first quarter minutes yesterday, um, yeah. which was fun. But 
Mike Scott is giving me absolutely nothing. So anything would be an, and I like Mike Scott. I think he's a great guy. Like, like, like the whole, like loves Philly thing really into that, but like on the court, I just get nothing. And so I need something. And if B-Ball Paul gives me something, then I am all for it. Um, Quickly. Does he get like a pop when he gets introduced in front of the fans? Are the fans more more excited to see him get announced than your regular bench players? Um, not really. I think the B-Ball Paul thing is kind of a niche, maybe Sixers Twitter thing. Um, mm. I think he has more of a, a fan dumb on the internet than in the general fan community that just watched the games on TV. Like if I asked my dad, I don't think he would know that much about B-Ball Paul. Um, the person who gets the biggest off the bench cheer is Matisse. Oh, interesting. Mm-hmm. And, and still, I guess the, well, you haven't seen who without Joel, who during the pregame introductions is getting the biggest ovation for the Sixers. It's hard because they announced Ben's first. And then they announced Tobias last. So it, it just by like nature of the beast, it ends up being Tobias because it's like the culmination of like the whole thing. Got it. Um, but when it's Joel, not that I've seen it, but like in a regular game, it's always Joel. For sure. Uh, Dan, what do you think about the uh, stuff we have here on B-Ball Paul? Yeah, you got to play B-Ball Paul. I mean, he's awesome. He has an elite nickname. Mike Scott sucks. Like, <laughs> Just put in B-Ball Paul. Like, he can't be worse than what Mike Scott has given you this year. Mike Scott had a couple games when he was hitting his threes, which is basically all it's, he's supposed to be. is just a three-point specialist. Um, and, you know, I don't know what's going on with Mike Scott. I don't think he was always as bad as he's been the last couple of years. But he is really bad. Like, he's, he's like, arguably the worst player in the entire league. He shouldn't. I'm not making a joke. He should not be playing. Um, I don't mean this to hate on Mike Scott. Um, I think he is that bad, and um, he just he can't. They can't survive with him playing all those minutes. They. It's not. I mean, everyone else is going to have to be playing perfectly. Earlier in the year, he got hot. He had games where he was hitting threes, and defensively, I felt like he was giving up just as many, you know, open looks as shots he was knocking down. But even as a, as a three-point specialist, he's not, he's not hitting many threes. His three-point percentage is not good this year. It's below league average. Um, he's, like, he's like supposed to be like a gritty guy who doesn't really play defense. Um, <laughs> he's, and I, like him, I like him being on the team. You know, he's, he's, you know, always supports Joel. Um, and he's you know, always ready anytime there's any kind of uh, you know, skirmish going on, which I love. Yes, that so, I love. So it's nothing against Mike Scott, but I think he's horrible. And there's no way that Paul Reed is worse. Paul Reed has to be better. Paul Reed, you know, is going to give you a little bit of rim protection. He can, you know, his shot looks terrible, but he makes some of them. Like, it looks just weird, I guess. But if it goes in, I don't care. Paul Reed's got some some Jeremy. energetic. Got some Jeremy Grant. I like that. Yeah. He, He brings so much energy. And Scott really, Scott's slow. You know, like, he's he's not um he's just not he doesn't have it anymore um not that he was ever like a great player but he was like a legit NBA player for a while and I I just don't think he is anymore and the fact that he's in the starting lineup is just nuts and I also think it's one of the under talked about like 
mistakes of last off season, like obviously like, like not re-signing Jimmy, giving Horford that contract, the fact that Richardson's just terrible uh-huh. and, you know, Tobias and the Tobias and Horford contracts, but giving Mike Scott the full MLE was bad. And that was like the first few minutes of free agency. They it was right away, away, and there's yeah. no way we couldn't get a better player. There's no yeah. way anyone was going to pay Mike Scott more than that. And if they did, go for it. And then again, I mean, we didn't upgrade it at this deadline, which is kind of a bummer. But um, yeah, I, there's there's no way Paul Reed shouldn't be playing for a combination of I'm excited to see Paul Reed, and Paul Reed has shown in the G League that he's a good player. And also, I cannot watch Mike Scott start. I think that's wild, and I don't like it. Worries me that like. Doc is this stubborn a little bit. Like, not to, like, obviously, I'm not worried about a ton with the Sixers. I don't want to, like, rain on how well they've been playing. But, like, I don't know what the hell Doc is doing. He just doesn't – and he's obviously a great coach. He hasn't played great. But, like, he's so stubborn about these certain things. Like, there's no chance. Paul, Like, he says, Paul Reed, he doesn't think he's ready. Like, he's ready to be better than Mike Scott. That's all I have to say. Yeah, I mean, and we've established that we're not – panicking about the Sixers needing like a stretch big off the, off the uh, bench. I feel like when everybody's healthy, it's fine. Um, but I will say there is a bit of a problem if Mike Scott has to play this much uh, when Joel doesn't play, which is definitely a real scenario that comes up. Um, and, it, but it, it, you know, the options really are Paul Reed, who it seems like he's too young and doc doesn't trust him or Simmons at the five, which is, just doesn't really ever work all that well and it sort of negates some of what makes Simmons such a special defender which is that he can play with everybody on the perimeter um so yeah I I don't think it's a perfect situation I think losing Tony Bradley is a bit of a shame because he could he was adequate um but in the end I don't think this is going to be something that gets in their way in any serious conversation speaking of Simmons uh Simmons has been really bad since the all-star break and it's really a miracle that the Sixers went seven and three without Joel while Ben was not playing well. God bless you. Um, Dan was on mute, but I wanted to bless you. Um, Thank you. What's going on with Simmons? Now, we, Dan and I texted about this last week, and some people got mad at Dan, not me, on the internet, because I said, as we, we were talking during a game when Simmons was playing poorly, and I was like, just wait for the I bet he's hurt tweets that are about to happen which is that anytime Simmons is not playing well lots of fans say well he's hurt what do you think Uh, would you play well hurt it's like what about so whenever he plays well he's not hurt I don't understand I think what I figured out is that a lot of players take jump shots and jump shots come and go and like you go through slumps and all that kind of stuff Simmons when he's playing well he is aggressive and running at the rim so when he's not doing that, people are implying that he's not healthy. Um, I don't know. Who knows? I, you know, I, I wouldn't mind him getting a day off here or there. I think everybody should get a day off here or there. Um, but I don't think that there's really any evidence right now to suggest that he's not healthy. I mean, yesterday- We do this every time. Yeah, we do this a lot. And, and yesterday he was aggressive in the first three minutes and he looked like he was sort of- uh, really out there. I think he dove on the ground for a loose ball, like, and then it just sort of went away. Uh, I do think that this has all helped a lot more with Joel because like the natural order is restored to the, to the team and to the offense and all of that kind of stuff. But in games when Joel isn't that, you know, Doc Rivers 
clearly signed a contract with Clutch during the offseason that said, I will not criticize Ben at any point for anything. So uh, after the game, Doc says, I'm not concerned about his scoring. Meanwhile, I think this is the right move for Doc. I don't think that the Brett Brown, you know, demand is the way to go with Ben. I think that this is, if you want to stay on Ben's good side, which you do, and, you know, you just want to support him. So I get it. Uh, but I, I really hope that Simmons turns it around soon because they certainly need more than what he's been giving them. Uh, Emily, where are you at with Ben's recent struggles? Yeah, I agree. I would like him to turn it around. Like Rich Hoffman had a just had a tweet about, you know, the first third. He's like basically where he was the first 13 games when we had this, these discussions about like what has Ben doing, what's happening. And then the middle 18 games, he was great. So, like, I don't know what this ebb and flow is about, but there hasn't been anything. There hasn't been even, like, a Ben is, like, questionable with, like, knee soreness, and then he plays. Like, there's been no injury, like, hints. So, I I think it's really just an excuse people are saying. Like, but also, like, it, it doesn't make any sense logically outside of an injury is because a lot of Ben's game is effort, I want to say. That's the um, thing, yeah. And so it's like if something isn't keeping you from putting in that effort, then what are you doing? So I I don't know. I mean, I don't get paid to make to figure these things out, but it's very confusing. Yeah, I mean, there's one instance yesterday where they were swinging the ball around and he caught it under the rim. And there was a defender there, but he wasn't bigger than Simmons. And Simmons didn't even consider going up with it. So I don't know exactly what's, what's happening. I, I don't think that a, a, a day off or a couple days off would be a bad thing, I, you know, just to give it a shot, but uh, I'm not sure. Dan, where are you at? Yeah. I mean, I would, I'm sure like a day off is, is fine. It wouldn't bother me, but I, I'm not convinced that he is like hurt. He, I could think maybe he used a day off to, you know, reset himself, but right. yeah, he's been playing bad. We're now at the point where basically he's had more, bad games than good games this year I want to say at least you know bad for his standards it's not like mm-hmm. he's like you know the worst player in the world when he struggles but he's you know on this team needs to be a player who does more um, and he's had more games where he hasn't done more he had uh, you know two of the last three games he didn't crack 10 points um, and he's I think he's only had like a handful of games where he scored at least 20 points and shot over 50 percent from the field the entire year I think maybe four of them which is, I want to say, also how many games he's had under 10 points. Um, so he's, you know, he hasn't been, he has had, you know, a few great games and a, a few really bad games. And the middle hasn't been super impressive either, I don't think, because mm-hmm. even since the break, you know, this was from, um, this was, I think, from Bodner's just recap. Um, but, you know, he said that since the All-Star break, Simmons is averaging 12.9 points, 7.9 rebounds, and 16, 6.2 assists with 3.8 turnovers with a 48.6% true shooting percentage, which is horrible. Um, and yeah, we do this every time with Ben, but he has to do more. And it was kind of one of my worries is that like, he was playing so great for that stretch, you know, however many games that was, it was a little, you know, it was like a month and a half ish. So however many games were played in that time. Um, and he really was great. You know, I was really impressed with, that was the best I had seen Ben play. Um, I thought it was even better than his great stretch last season, but you know, he has this tendency to be unaggressive to, you know, he'll occasionally go into guys' bodies on, on a drive, but a lot of times he'll 
create a little contact and then almost like jump backwards and try to like finger roll it in. And he comes up short a lot on those. And when he's playing well, he does that less so. Um, and I think that it's hard to break those kinds of habits. Like we thought the whole thing with Tobias coming into the year was like, you know, Tobias has to play quicker and he has to take more threes. And he did that for like five games and we were all thrilled. And we thought that's why he was playing well. As it turns out, he's just playing better this year. He's making more shots. He looks more comfortable. He's so much more confident, but he's taking fewer threes. He hasn't been, I don't think, particularly fast. There's like a couple times a game when he, you know, decides to take a quick trigger three. But, you know, he's still not quick to move the ball or anything like that because guys fall back into old habits. Um, and that's not to complain about Tobias. He's been great. But I think it's hard to break that kind of thing when that's how you're used to playing. And Ben is kind of used to playing in this way where, like you said, you, you know, he came out for three minutes and was really aggressive and was less so the rest of the game because he tends to fall into that kind of thing. Um, and they can't have that. I thought that was a killer in the Raptors series a couple of years ago when, you know, Ben scored 10 points or fewer in four out of the seven games. And the Sixers can't win that way. I mean, you know, Tobias has been great, but they're not going to keep up with, you know, the net scoring if Ben can't be providing, you know, 20 some points. Ben has to be a guy who scores, who, you know, uses his physicality to get points, who is, you know, creating offense from the defensive end, which he hasn't been doing lately. So, you know, I, I think that there are reasons to be concerned about Ben, just like there have been all year. And, and basically at this point, I'm just hoping he hits a hot stretch for the playoffs. But, you know, because when he gets hot, he's great. But he seems like one of the few players that people want to judge solely based on his hot streaks. You know, they're like, because it looks like he could do it all the time. It's not like he's just, it's not like he's Danny Green getting hot from three. You know, it's like, oh, Ben's just making his layups now. You know, Ben is just, Ben could play this defense all the time, but he doesn't, you know? And like, I, I, I obviously I see it. I see that he could be this player, but he's not this player all the time. And, and people kind of act like he is. We need more from Ben. We need him to be that player because we're so much better when he's that player. Yeah, I think that indecisiveness is, is a lot of what it comes down to and, and passivity. And, you know, it leads to a lot of turnovers and, uh, you know, that's sort of what he's run into in this recent stretch. I do think everything with Joel is better, you know, and that like, you know, Ben, even if he's struggling, the Sixers will be mainly fine because Joel is so good on both ends of the court. Um, of course, in the playoffs against the best teams, they'll need everybody to play well. Um, but I think that Joel restores a lot of, of that sort of stuff to the team, uh, which hopefully can, can let Simmons sort of fall into less of a role where he might feel less onus to, to generate offense than when he does when Joel's out. Who knows? Before we get on to the predictions and an update in the standings, uh, any thoughts on the Phillies? Phillies, they swept the Braves the opening series. I was thrilled. I love the Phillies. Um, I'm excited. I'm excited about them, and I hope that they're not bad again. Dan, anything? Yeah, I thought it was good that they won all the games. Um, <laughs> I, I thought that was a good thing. Um, I don't watch as much baseball as I used to. I used to watch every Phillies game when I was younger, and I got away from it. I thought they were, like, just brutally boring the last many years. Um, and I, you know, I'd occasionally have a game on, but it'd be more in the background. But I actually sat down and watched all three of these games, uh, probably because I'm so bored with everything else in the world right now. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I, I watched all the games. I thought it was great. I think I really need to get one of the powder blue jerseys because I think it would look nice with my eyes. And I like that you can unbutton them and wear a different shirt underneath. So I'm kind of watching. I want to see if I can, you know, become attached to a player and want to get their jersey. 
because I, like I said, I haven't really watched enough to like be a huge fan of one particular guy. So that's mainly my goal with the Phillies this year. And also I think that they could go 162 and 0. Um, I don't see any reason they can't. The, the, the Braves, I think, you know, they definitely can't at this point. No, no, so, I don't think they could. I don't think they could do it. And I think the yeah. Phillies could. So I feel great about that. Yeah. Emily, uh, thoughts on the Phillies? Yeah, I'm excited for this season. I am being ridiculously optimistic. I put $5 on them to win the NL East last Let's night. Let's go. I, I was it. like, it's love happening. It. Big bets over here. You know, $5 to win $48. <laughs> really gonna. Well, those are pretty good odds. $48. Yeah, they are. I have to check that out. They're like four, like like four out of five. Like they're, you know, it's worth $5. I'm just saying it's 162 and L. Um, I am excited for the season. I really like this group of guys. I think they're fun. Um, I live for Didi's emoji tweets when they win. Mm. And I really want Reese Hoskins to have a good season. I really need a good Reese Hoskins season. So I'm a fan. He walks so much. I, I really, you know, I think ideally he'd be a DH if they had one, but um, I, I think he's a positive in the, in the offense, even when he's not hitting a bunch of home runs. I think he's, he's solid. I do too. I just think that the, the rhetoric around him is that he Definitely. needs to be hitting more and it's people that like don't realize how much he walks and like that. And his game has kind of changed since he joined, came up to the Phillies because he was hitting like crazy and, you know, slugging. And now he's kind of, his game has evolved into really, you know, getting a lot of walks and making pitchers throw a lot of, of pitches and that's valuable too. But people remember that, like those like early slugging days and they're like, where's that guy? Like what's happening? I'm, I also, I just really, I like him a lot. He like lives in the city and has a cool wife. And I just like, and I his, his dog him. died. I'm so sad for them. It's very sad. I wasn't going to bring it up, Steve. I didn't want to bring people down. <laughs> I'm sorry. Yes. His dog rookie who I followed on Instagram passed away. It's very sad. Um, yeah. Very sad. Um, I'm going to the game on Wednesday though. The Phillies game. You're going to the Phillies game on Wednesday. Oh, you're not the Sixers game in Boston. That makes sense. No, uh, I'm not going to that one. I'm going to Phillies game. You're in Boston on Wednesday? Tuesday. Yeah, they're in Boston on Wednesday. Okay, yeah. Tuesday. I thought it was Tuesday. Sorry. I thought they were off. Yeah, they're off. They're all has two days off and then two more days off because they, they play on, on the wedding. So I won't be attending my wedding. I'll be watching the <laughs> Only if Joel um, plays. Only if Joel plays. If he doesn't play, so I don't need to watch it. So... <laughs> That brings us into the uh, the predictions and stuff. Emily, can you update the leaderboard here in terms of our season predictions? Oh, man, you guys are gaining on me because I picked them to win the Denver game, and that was wrong. Um, so you and Dan both went three and one this week because we thought they would win against Memphis, and I went two and two. So, um. Dan is 33 and 21. I am 34 and 20. And Steve is 29 and 25. So making, making some moves here. Yeah. yeah. This week, the Sixers are on the road. They play at Boston uh, on Tuesday. Uh, and then they play in a back-to-back on the road at New Orleans and then at Oklahoma City on Friday and Saturday. Um, let's get to our predictions. Uh, let's get to, uh, let's go to Emily first. Emily, as you said, uh, one game will be happening during your wedding, which I believe is the Pelicans game. Mm-hmm. Um, will the Sixers win for your honor, uh, against the Pelicans? 
I think they will. Yeah. I think Joel will be playing. I I mean, I can't – I want to say that they'll lose the second game of that back-to-back with all the travel, but I'm not going to say that they're going to lose to the Thunder. I'm just not going to do that. Right. Um, so I'm going to have them going 3-0 and again this week. I don't know. I, now I just am a broken record. But this time I actually believe it. Like, they are much better than all these teams. I'm not displaying the statistics. I think that they will actually beat all these teams. Dan? All right. So I think that they are better than all these teams, especially if, if Joel plays every game. I think they go 3-0. But I'm going to make a prediction that he sits out against the um, – Thunder. So uh, I think, oh, I'm sorry, against the Pelicans. Um, so I think they mm-hmm. lose on Emily's wedding. I'm sorry, Emily. Uh, I hope they don't. Um, I think that he'll sit out the first half, I want to say. Um, and I think that like Zion is just so tough. I'm actually really excited to see. I hope they have Ben try to guard him because um, that'll be cool. I feel like a lot of the players Ben has been like, not, he plays good defense on everyone, but the players he's been like really successful locking down are almost like getting their points in the opposite of, of Zion. Like he was like, you know, he's so quick that he can, you know, really stick with like Luca and, you know, Luca's their whole offense. So, you know, he has the ball and Ben can just lock in every possession. Um, whereas Zion's just running through guys um, in almost more of a, like a mini Giannis type way. So um, I'm, I'm excited to see that happen. Um, I'll say Joel sits and Sixers lose that one, but, no way they lose to the Celtics because I, I would be so mad if they did. So I'm going to say we beat the Celtics, lose to the Pelicans, and beat the Thunder three and, uh, two and one. Um, I've got – I think they'll win all three games this week. I think that this is a road week, but, but not against extremely tough teams. And I think they'll really be looking for a win on Tuesday in Boston against a team that they have a history with. And Joel will be back and um, – and yeah, I think that they're just better than the other two. I would think that uh, barring any sort of scares, Joel would play all three. You know, Doc sort of hinted at this won't be the thing for every back-to-back that Joel's going to sit every back-to-back. It's just going to be on a case-by-case basis. Um, am I frozen? No, I'm not frozen. Not for me. We're alive. Um, you are for me. I'm back. Oh, good. Okay. Um all right. Well, I think, yeah. I think that I think that that is going to do it. We will be back with a special episode on Wednesday. That's all we have to say about that. It will be a special episode on Wednesday, and then um, the guest room. Is that going to be locker room, or is that going to be? No, that's not going to be locker. We'll have to figure I out another locker so. room thing. Yeah. All right. That makes um, more sense. Okay. Yeah, but we'll we're out publishing out. it Wednesday, though. Right away. Yeah. 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 Okay. Makes that's exciting let's do it yeah so that'll be a fun episode um i can't tease the you know keith pompey is now a frequent guest of the podcast so uh it's not keith pompey um and then the gastroenteritis blues wedding is on friday so it's a big week um good to see you both uh we will talk to you on wednesday with that special episode and uh that's it good seeing you guys yeah. So, yeah. Oh, one more thing. I'm going to need Daryl to stop tweeting about NFTs all the time. And whatever he does with his tweets is driving me nuts. Daryl, I don't care how many times you want to tweet about these. I'm not going to look it up and find out what it is. I don't know what it is. I don't want to know what it is. I'm content with zero dollars. I'm done. 
understand the tweet thing, but I, I I've told you guys I'm very into Top Shot. I'm very into it. That's at least is basketball centered. So yeah, and by very into it, I mean I've spent like eighteen dollars on cards, and I'm refused to spend any more money. But I bought a pack, and I'm anxiously awaiting it to come so I can open it and see what's inside. Oh, wow. You have to wait for it to come. Um, because they're having so many like users, they like did this new system where like you pre-order the pack, and then there's a line, and then you get the pack to weeks later because they have to certify everything so i'm just waiting for it at this wow well go sixers go phillies and stop tweeting about nfts daryl morey uh we will talk to you on wednesday see ya see ya